0: This is Rev. Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, Great Big Giant, good morning. Good morning. Great to see all of you folks here today as we welcome people back to school in our back-to-school blessing service. Every year when we come back to school, you know, I think there are questions that come to our mind, things that we start to think about when we think about back-to-blessing. Ideas of who are we going to connect with? Where will we fit? Who will we eat lunch with? The ever-present question. What are we willing to learn? What are we willing to offer? What are we willing to sacrifice? Where will we stand? That's what we're going to look at, especially today, that last question, where will we stand? Now, this whole series is based on the idea of being better together. Let's say those two words together. Ready? Better together. Oh, that sounds good. Let's say that one more time without me saying it excellent. You know, that idea that somehow we're better together, somehow if we just think we can do it in isolation, we'll miss part of God's gift. So today's service is going to include a lot of better together, a lot of different voices, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of blessing, a lot of good stuff. And that will all start with Reverend Barry Haltman. Please welcome him, folks.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'm Barry Halterman. I'm the chaplain and religion department head at the Academy of the New Church on whose campus this building sits. Um, special shout out to my high school students out there. Um, there you go. There you go. So it's good to be part of this. Um, I've been able to help out from time to time. I used to do it a lot more, but it's a good place to be. These are good people who, and I know you're trying to become more spiritual people. And how do you come become spiritual? Well, you got to look at some ideals and you also got to put it into practice. That's a simple New Church thought that really brings me on to brings brings it all together with me. Is you got to look at those ideals. What are we really striving for? And then how do you bring it to life? It's pretty simple, really. Religion is actually, when you get down to it, it's a very simple thing. Um, and there were some people who asked Jesus when he was on Earth. It was like, so what really is the greatest commandment? What is this religion all about? What's the most important commandment? And uh, we can go to the slide here. And Jesus' answer was incredibly simple. And I think you'll find that the simplest things really are just incredibly profound. And the simplest idea, if you really just, what is religion all about? It's very simple. Religion. Jesus does it a little differently. Can I have the slide where he quotes from, uh, about loving the Lord and loving the neighbor? There we go. So they asked him, what was the most important commandment? And he said, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second one is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets come back to these things. That's it. All the law and the prophets. Jesus was talking about all of those scriptures, all of the known religious knowledge for the people of the day. That's what it comes down to. The ideal is really quite simple. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. I think most people who are involved in religion get it, that, that it's really not that hard as far as the theory goes. The theory is love. That's what's the core of everything. That's the highest, that's the deepest thing that we're all striving for. And that's what Jesus was trying to get us to, to get at. If you want to know where to start and where to end, it's with love. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. And those things aren't totally intertwined. That's why he said there's two of them. You love your Lord and you love your neighbor. Because uh, we are all part of this world together. God created all of us, and He creates us to be part of the way that He brings the blessings to each other. The theory is simple: love everyone. And if you want to know who God is, you find it through loving each other. And if you want to know who your neighbor is, well, that's the people that God puts in front of you that day, each and every day. It's not really hard. Well, now, who is my neighbor? Is it that? No, it's all of us. It's the people right in front of you that that you deal with that day. So the theory is pretty simple. I'm going to use a. Uh, Sports analogy, I love sports, it's football season, um, I was a high school quarterback, so you know, football, good. So the idea in football, obviously, is to try to win the game. So the goal is simple, the ideal is simple, but you got to have a strategy. And the strategy, so the Eagles come up with wonderful plays like the Philly Special or Philly Philly. So you got this theory and you got an idea of how to make it happen, but it's just a theory until you put it into practice. And when you put it into practice, obviously, glorious things happened, and it becomes legend in Philadelphia, right? And it becomes legend for all of us who care. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on YouTube or something. I mean, learn some sports, watch some football. It's not that it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And if you hate sports, we'll talk later. Um, All right. So, right? So you got the theory. You got the goal. You got the theory and the practice. And that's really where it comes down to in religion. I think all of us would get that the theory of religion is really pretty darn simple. Love people. But how about the practice? And so you got the ideals, the feet are the feet moving. You know how to talk the talk. I mean, I'm a teacher. If I don't know how to talk the talk, what am I doing, right? I can talk serious talk. I can talk way too much talk. I can talk a lot of talk. But how do I walk it? Do we walk it? So we're going to go to a video next where, and this is especially uh, pertinent to the high school state, where some people are just, especially one guy was saying, so how do I live this? I got theories, I know what we're supposed to do, how do I live it? And he came up with a great idea, especially related to one of the most awkward social situations that teenagers face, and that really is, what do I do in my free time at school at lunch? Who do I hang out with? What do I do? It's incredibly scary, especially if you're brand new. Who am I going to hang out with? Who's going to invite me? Who's going to accept me? What do I do? So here's a video about living it, walking the
2: walk. We end the week at a school where lunchtime is fulfilling the spirit. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. When the lunch bell rings at Boca High in Boca Raton, Florida, 3,400 kids spill into the courtyard and split into their social groups. But not everyone gets included. Here at Boca High and at schools across the country, someone always sits alone.
0: It's not a good feeling. Like, you're by yourself. And that's something I, w- I don't want anybody to
2: go through. Dennis Estimon is a Haitian immigrant. When he came here in first grade, he says he felt isolated, especially at lunch. Now he's a senior. He's popular. But he has not forgotten that first grade feeling.
0: To me, it's like, if we don't try and go make that change, who's going to do it?
2: So, with some friends, Dennis started a club called We Dine Together. We dine Together. We dance! Together. We dance! Together. Their mission is to go into the courtyard at lunchtime to make sure no one is starving for company.
0: Dennis, I'm new here. you. are
2: new here? When did you first come here? For new kids especially, the club is a godsend.
0: This is Gabriel.
3: Gabe, how you doing?
2: Since it started last he's, he's Brazilian. fall, He's Hundreds of friendships have formed, some Very unlikely. You're probably meeting kids you never would meet on the football team. (laughs) Ever. Gene Max Marydew actually quit the football team. Gave up all the perks that come with it just so he could spend more time with this club. I don't don't mind not getting a football scholarship. This is what I really want to do. Just imagine how different your teenage years would have been. What's your name? If the coolest kids in school all of a sudden decided you mattered. We get to know each other better. It obviously takes a lot of empathy to devote your lunch period to this. Yes. Either that or firsthand experience.
4: I went from coming from a school that I always had friends to coming to where I had nobody. So,
2: Club member Allie Seeley transferred two years ago. She says with no one to sit next to, lunch can be the most excruciating part of the day.
4: I it's really unfair. It's honestly an issue. Meeting someone who actually cares and and listens to what you have to say really makes a difference. And that could happen at lunch. That could happen at our club. It's going to make a difference.
2: And not just here at Boca High. I'll be around tomorrow if you want to eat lunch together or something. Dennis and his team are now trying to open chapters of We Dine Together at schools across the country. And maybe when they're done showing kids how to make outsiders feel accepted, they can teach us adults too. Steve Hartman on the road in Boca Raton, Florida.
5: Good morning. Listen to that participation. Thank you so much. My name is the Reverend Chris Barber. I teach at the Academy of the New Church, and this is my first time on the New Church live stage. Come on, give it up. I didn't have to work for that one. I just showed up. (laughs) Showing up really is what it's about when it comes to the life of religion. It's not enough just to know what you need to do. Knowledge, we come by it, we lose it. Talk, it's pretty cheap. It's not just enough to remember what we should do, but we need to make a change with that, bring it into practice. I saw a sign in a restroom and it said, please remember to wash your hands. Didn't tell you that to wash them. It said, please remember. Why, well, I, I think that what they hoped was we would bring that into action. This was at a restaurant. I really hope it was being brought into action. It's not enough just to have it in our heads. But there are so many barriers at times in our lives that make it hard to bring what we know Into life. The Lord encountered this all the time. People who knew what they should do, but just couldn't bring themselves to do it. Sometimes those barriers come about because we think we know what's going to happen. We think we have the outcome figured out in our own minds. We have prejudged the situation. And so often it's because we've prejudged the people who are involved in that situation. See if you can hear that in this account from the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. When Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." Jesus was dining, spending his time with people who were seen as being undesirable. Even some people, our tax collectors, seen as being harmful to society. So they were written off, especially by the leadership who showed up. But Jesus wasn't held back by those labels. He saw beyond them. He saw that they were people, that they had hurts, that they had areas in their lives where they could benefit from his presence. It's not unlike the students in We Dined Together, who were working hard to be present with people, maybe who were being prejudged and therefore left out. They were sitting alone, so they deserved to sit alone. No, that's not how these kids were thinking. They thought, I see an area where I can help. And they made a difference. Their feet started to tell a story. In that video, you saw them buzzing around. It's almost like the interviewers were interrupting the hard work and the good work that they had to do. Their feet told a story. It told a story of movement. It told a story of people who didn't have it just in their heads what it was to hurt. But they brought that into life, and they made a difference because of it. They lived what they knew. They brought it into practice. We can do this all the time, bringing those things that we know into our lives. And when we do that, we can start to be blessings for those people we encounter. I'm going to invite Pastor Chuck out here to talk a little bit more about the results this can have in our lives.
0: I think we all heard in Chris's voice a volunteer to come back and speak at New Church Live another time. Yes, that's very good. It's beautiful, right? Like like you just, you think about it, folks. Just lay yourself into the miracle of these stories. Miracle of what Barry said, miracle of what Chris said. Miracle of what God offers. You know, this idea that loving the neighbor and loving God, New Church inseparably one, And that tells a story with our feet. The idea, the idea of we dine together. Let's say that together, folks. We dine together, which means we tell a story with our feet. The story of the call of Levi, a name near and dear to many of us. Near and dear to many of us. And Jesus does it in Jesus' typical way, uh, again and again, where he says, follow me, I'm coming to your house for dinner. I love that equation. I love it. And you can see the we dine together there. You can see the feet telling a story. Not a big position paper. Not a not a, a, a how do I get on Twitter or Facebook or say something really clever. It's just like no, Levi. I, I'm going to teach you something, and then I want you to get. I want you to see what this looks like, and I want everyone else to see what this looks like by watching what I do with my feet by watching. What do I do with my feet? What the hope is, is this is we allow our feet to do that, our, our concept of community grows and expands. I love the line from first John four nineteen. A beautiful, beautiful passage. Anyone who loves God must also love, please say those three words. Must also love their sister. Now you may just read that and be like, oh yeah, be nice to my sister or my brother. No. This was said in a church to people who were not related. The old language of the neighbor has now been replaced. I'm going to give you a little quiz here because we are in school season. The old word neighbor has now been replaced by the three words, please say them folks. Brother and sister. sister. The idea of neighbor now becoming brother and sister. That's incredibly powerful and gets us right down to the takeaway, the simple, simple takeaway that we want to look at. Move your feet. That's your task. As you enter this school year, move your feet. If you loved for the high school students, elementary school students, if you love that video and you're thinking like, wow, I really want to send that to somebody, I want to put it on my Facebook page so I get 30 likes, great. But please remember, Move your feet, live that in ways big, ways small. and know this: know that you are blessed. know that you have people cheering you on. you have people who love you, who care about you, want this to see want this to be the most magnificent year you've been through in school and that's what we're going to hear from now. a set of blessings. From a set of different people, we're all going to offer their little short blessing to you, and then we're going to ask you to move for anyone who'd like to move their feet and come forward for a blessing as we close the service. But first, those blessings. So folks, please welcome them with a warm round of applause as these folks come forward to offer a few blessings. I told them they had to take the long way because my biggest fear is somebody steps off into the pit of abyss right here at the edge and we have our first viral YouTube video at New Church Live, which is not what we want. Krista, Tamika, and Marcus. Let's give them one more round of applause, folks. We're on board. So all I was going to do was to ask them to stand up And to offer a short blessing, and I want us all to hear it. They all have different experiences, different things, different phases of life, and especially for the young adults to hear and the children to hear just how much all of us care and wish you all the very best. Marcus.
3: I'd like to offer a prayer for the parents and the kids who are going into school, starting school. Uh, My little one who runs around here in the mornings, Mason, is just going into second grade. So Heavenly Father God, please watch over our young children and new parents going into the new experience of putting their kids into school, being able to trust in you, Lord, to give your blessings to the teachers and the faculty and the other kids, help our kids be seen and heard for who they really are so that they can flourish, they can feel seen, They can feel important, and they can really turn into the best version of themselves at this young age. Lord, we thank you. Amen.
6: It's hard for me to say. It's different up here. So um, I want to offer a blessing mainly to the students, but also to the parents um, and the administrators and the teachers. One of the things that you guys have posted in your building over at the school is, Behold, I make all things new. Newness can be scary. I know because I was a new student once, I was a new parent once, and I was a new teacher once. One of the things I'm reminded of, as Reverend Barbara came up, is last week the girls' school had a lesson on... Acts chapter 2 through 5, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's it. And in Acts chapter 2 through 5, somewhere in there, Peter and John are called to go and preach. And it's very new because they're not with Jesus any longer. And there's some fear involved in that. Not being with him and being, having to do this in front of the leaders of the law yourself, in terms of Peter and John. But one of the things that happens along the way is that the members of the law, the leaders, the Sanhedrin, they say, hmm, they must have been in the presence of Jesus because these are unlearned men. So my blessing that I will offer for you today is to remember that being in Jesus's presence does something to you, for you, and makes you all the more new. So for the students, be encouraged. Every morning you go to chapel, you're in his presence, have those silent moments, and know that even though this year is new, behold, I make all things new. Newness will come and go, but don't be fearful. Just be blessed in that. For the teachers, please do the same. Be encouraged and steadfast. For the administrators, please be encouraged. And also, endure it in your decision-making. And for the parents, even though this is new, over and over again, tweens, in-betweens, and toddlers, be encouraged. And remember, in his presence, even though things are new, guess what? You can do it. OK? Thank
4: you. Okay. Um, I would like to have a prayer for the teachers. And so um, first, one of the best things about being an educator is that every year in September, we get a clean slate. We get to start over with new faces and old faces. And so the first thing that I'd like to bless the teachers with this year is perseverance. And we deal with a lot of things as far as maybe we don't have enough supplies, or we have a cranky parent or a cranky student. And so I want the teachers this year to remember to persevere and that just remember why we're here and why we love our job. Which brings me to the next thing, which is love. If we show love, not only in what we do, but if we teach our students how to love, we're creating a better world. And so I'm praying that each of our teachers can instill love within themselves and their students just beyond knowledge. The last thing is gratitude and For a teacher, our reward is not the paycheck. It is a thank you. It is the watching a student grow and change. And so for those students in the back, if you are inspired by a teacher or if a teacher has taught you something new, take that moment to thank them or show them that they've changed you because for the teachers this year, we work in and out for you. And so I hope and I pray that every teacher gets to experience some kind of gratitude this year. Thank you.
0: So thank you guys very much. What a beautiful set of prayers and blessings and wishes. And I, you it know, creates a spirit in this room. And that's the spirit we want to go forward. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.